And that music can only mean one thing. The Delaware Valley Journal is on the air, the official podcast of DelawareValleyJournal.com, where we, of course, hope you're enjoying our terrific content produced by the lovely and talented Linda Stein, our news editor. Linda, how are you today? I'm great. How are you, Michael? I'm thrilled to be alive, and I'm thrilled that people are reading our newsletter. You can sign up for the newsletter at DelawareValleyJournal.com. Follow us on Twitter, DV underscore journal, and we're on Facebook as well. And we are trying to keep up with the uh, candidates for governor. Last time I checked, I think there are 379. Do I have that right, Linda? I believe only 15. <laughs> I don't know. It can't be that small. It can't be that small. Well, one of the people who's entered the race uh, is uh, Jason or Richie, who's in the Republican primary. Jason, welcome to the podcast. So glad you're here. Yeah, thank you for having me, Michael. Jason's an attorney at KL Gates in Pittsburgh, and you have one of the most interesting endorsements on your website. My buddy Mike Ditka gave you a shout out. Yes, sir. I'm from uh, Aliquippa, Pennsylvania, which is an old steel town, and uh, we have a history of uh, growing tough people. And uh, Iron Mike is one of them, and I possess those capabilities. You come from uh, a steel town that was dying. Uh, that is blue collar. And I myself uh, worked in the steel mills to put myself through law school. Uh, it, it creates a certain kind of person. I was very honored to uh, have Coach Ditka uh, support me. And there's another way I noticed, uh, Jason, that your uh, background as an attorney uh, shows. If you go to your website, jasonritchie2022.com, you'll find the contract with Pennsylvanians, which an oldie but a goodie from 1994. So what are a couple of the key items in that contract? It's back to uh, Newt Gingrich and the contract with America. I think Pennsylvanians deserve a contract because we need to know that the people running for governor, that they're going to do what they're saying they're going to do. So I've, I put it in writing. The, the key components of my campaign and the reason I'm running for governor is that Pennsylvania has been on a 50-year economic decline. We had 75% of our counties lose population in this last census. Most of our counties have been losing population since World War II. As you know, we continue to lose congressional district after congressional district every time they do a census. So we've got to turn that around because Pennsylvania should be the most thriving state in the country. We have more natural gas than Saudi Arabia has oil. We have hardworking people. We sit in the perfect geographic spot right in the middle of the Northeastern United States. So the three components of my economic turnaround are this. Number one, 0% income tax, both personal and business. And this is uh, modeled after Tennessee, which slowly did it over time. And if you've been to Nashville lately, or if you've been to Chattanooga, you've seen the results of this five-year process that Tennessee's been in. And they are now the number one growth state in the United States. And so we wanna, we wanna get us down to 0% because it'll attract new businesses, especially uh, in the Delaware Valley uh, from some of our surrounding states like New Jersey and New York uh, that have very high tax rates for states. And so we can, we can make a big difference uh, for our own people keeping them here and for economic growth, we can start getting our way down to zero. Secondly, we have to shrink the size of our government. We have the largest and most expensive legislature in the entire country. No state has a more expensive legislature than we do. We also have a huge executive branch, all these worthless commissions, like the Turnpike Commission and the LCB uh, that, that put countless fees and keep raising the turnpike rates every year by unelected officials, uh, which is unacceptable. And then finally, 
we need to make sure we can get our natural gas to market. And we, the Jason Ritchie Energy Plan has us working with private entities to build a pipeline network to get the natural gas to Philadelphia, where we build liquefaction plants so we can turn the gas to liquids, get our naval yard going and start to export our natural gas all throughout the world, including to our NATO allies so that they become uh, dependent on Pennsylvania natural gas, not Russian. Jason, that sounds really good, but we have a, a lot of uh, NIMBYs in the Delaware Valley who do not want pipelines. What do you say to them? I say that if you're concerned about the environment, you should want these pipelines. Okay, pipelines are a very safe way to transport natural gas, much safer than driving them by through truck or rail to populated uh, areas and which involve a lot of intake and offtake. The pipeline system can quickly get massive amounts of natural gas to Philadelphia. And here's what people that care about the environment. I think, Linda, Republicans need to get on this. The world needs so much in fossil fuels. It's just a fact. Natural gas is a relatively clean fossil fuel. Uh, it will eventually, by market conditions, take over coal, uh, which will help improve the environment and help slow down global warming. And the other thing that we need to know is that the more market share the Pennsylvania has, the less market share China and Russia has. Because if, if the Democrats just wanna kill the natural gas industry that Pennsylvania has, all they're doing, they're not helping the environment. They're just killing the United States because the, the world again needs so much energy. And if we don't provide it, then Russia and China are. And I will tell you, Linda, Pennsylvania has much better environmental laws and regulations than China and Russia ever will. So the more natural gas we produce and get to the market, the less methane that will go up into the environment. And Republicans got to get stronger on this in that we are pro-environment and we want to help. But at the same, that doesn't mean that we can't create tens of thousands of jobs uh, at the same time. Jason, your law practice involves energy, right? That's correct. I've been doing energy and construction law for the last 26 years at KNL Gates, which for your listeners that don't know, that's one of the largest law firms in the world. I practice at a very high level and have done so uh, on four different continents. I'm one of the top litigators in the country, and uh, I have a great deal of uh, experience in these areas. The other thing that I do is I do a lot of bid protest law, which is finding government corruption or bias in procurement. I've done this in 40 plus states plus Guam and Puerto Rico. Um, so my background and experience uh, lend perfectly to the task at hand of being the next governor. And at the same time, I provide something that none of the other candidates do, which is I'm a political outsider uh, that's not connected to the special interest. And I'm along the lines of uh, how Trump was a disruptor in, in policy or Glenn Youngkin, as we've seen in Virginia, we're coming in to disrupt Harrisburg uh, without the political ties. I noticed on your uh, contract for, with Pennsylvanians, uh, Jason, that you have a section de dedicated to election integrity. Uh, so let me ask the first question that we ask a lot of our candidates, who won the 2020 presidential election in the United States? Yeah, look, we, we, Mike, we've got to get beyond that. Joe Biden won the election. And I would stress to all Republicans, we, we need to move on. We have a process that took place 
uh, involved challenges in courts in an electoral system. That process, uh, I believe, was flawed, and but it did result in um, Joe Biden becoming elected president of the United States. That's an unfortunate fact, but it did happen, and he is the president. What we do need to do is look at that flawed system uh, that was created in, in, in by in part by Act 77 in this 50 days of mail-in balloting, which I find unacceptable. And so I have a basic plan to bring election integrity back. And it's all about making it hard to cheat and easy to vote. And my system is, my plan is very simple in three parts. One, we go back to our old system, uh, which is the absentee ballot system, which has worked for us for over hundred years. And in my opinion, I believe is required by the Pennsylvania constitution. I believe Act 77 to be not only bad policy, but unconstitutional. Number two, uh, we need to have election ID. There's no reason why people can't identify who they are at the polls. And if people don't have IDs, I promise every voter out there, we will make it easy and accessible to you to get them. You need them to be productive citizens. And the third thing I would do, Michael, uh, in, in suggesting legislation and leading the charge on election integrity is I would make the general elections a statewide holiday. We wanna make sure that everybody in Pennsylvania has an opportunity to get to the polls and vote. And at the same time, you know, there's no secret that we are hurting for poll workers, poll watchers. And I think the more eyeballs that are out there for both parties um, to make sure that we have a fair election for everyone is in the best best interest of Pennsylvania. If people don't believe in the results of our elections, that is not good for our republic. And so uh, basic, get rid of Act 77, election ID, statewide holiday. I think we will return election integrity and move past this issue. Jason, the other thing I noticed on your contract with Pennsylvania was improving education. How would you go about doing that? Yeah, so we um, believe in, uh, we've had some best experts look at this. We need to put power back to the parents and, and away from the bureaucrats in Harrisburg. And there's two ways uh, that we look at that. Number one, um, we believe in school choice, that the money follows the child. So that if your kids and maybe a school district that has critical race theory that you don't like, maybe your school's not providing a good education, or maybe your school's just not a good fit for your particular kid. You can take your state money and go to a neighboring, occupant, a neighboring public school that has occupancy, a private school, cyber school, charter school, make a number of options available for all parents. And I think this is gonna really help get some of these kids out of the cycle of poverty uh, that happens over and over again when they're getting an inadequate education. The second thing that we would do is we wanna make the public schools as good, as good as we possibly can. And I believe that that means paying teachers uh, so that we are uh, one of the highest paid and paying teachers throughout the United States so we're attracting the best quality and the best talent. And the other thing that, it, that we've looked at is that after ninth grade, we give parents and kids a choice not to just go down the traditional academic route that goes to college, not every kid, Linda, uh, should be going to college. You know, my dad, for instance, he was a mechanic. He loves to work with his hands. I doubt he's ever read a book in his life. And, uh, but boy, when he gets something to fix, he's pretty happy. And so what I want to create is a second route, not Votech, but we call it an occupational route, where kids are learning about 
how to start a business, how to use a credit card, how to do a mortgage, how to do banking. And at the same time, start getting trained for a real job. And by their senior year, they could do an apprenticeship with a local business. This will tie our businesses to our schools and they can start making money at 18, which is so critical. There's no need for uh, necessarily community college or further training. These, folks, these kids are in the real world making money and the faster they're starting to make money, the less likely it is they're going to pursue crime or other criminal uh, enterprises or making bad choices. Um, and so those those are, we believe in school choice and, and the Jason Ritchie education plan is a sort of school choice on, uh, on steroids. Great. Well, Jason, you were a wrestler in high school and college. How did wrestling prepare you for life? Great question. So yeah, I was the three-time uh, academic All-American at Allegheny College, which is in Crawford County, Pennsylvania. And uh, wrestling, to me, is the greatest sport. It's, uh, it brings conservative values to the table. When kids go out on the mat, you're out there by yourself. It's kind of like the real world. And you have to be prepared. You have to learn determination. You have to learn persistence. And most importantly, what I like about it is that it teaches kids how to fail. Because in real life, we all make mistakes, Linda. We all do bad things. We make bad choices. Bad things happen in life. And, and every wrestler is going to lose. But the question is, when you fail, what do you do? And what wrestling teaches is you get back up and you go back out there again. And that's exactly why uh, in my school district uh, here uh, in Pittsburgh, it didn't have wrestling. And so in 2012, because I believe in this for these conservative values to get into the kids, I started a youth wrestling program in 2012. I subsequently started uh, the middle school and high school teams, which are incredibly successful. And I have three boys, Justin, Logan, and Marcus. They're a senior, junior, and freshman in high school, and they're all wrestlers. And uh, I couldn't be more thrilled with the young men they're, they're, they're becoming and I know that wrestling has a lot to do with that. All right, so let's cut to the real hard questions. Let's stop this pussyfooting around. Who's the greatest Rick in wrestling? Ric Flair or Ricky Steamboat? <laughs> well, if you, Michael, if you saw uh, my bio, I started off my career as a lawyer uh, working for WWE and Vince McMahon. And in fact, Linda McMahon is a supporter of uh, my campaign. So uh, I, I, I don't think there's any question there. Uh, you, you know, th those are two tough uh, Ricks, uh, but I'll, I'll go with uh, Rick Flair. No way, Ricky Steamboat. Rick Steamboat, greatest, <laughs> greatest Rick. You got that one wrong, sorry. Hey, so uh, before we let you go, I do want to ask about you uh, two things. One is you talk about uh, ending the income tax and you, you talk about, you know, there's, you know it's, it's a tradition for Republicans to talk about cutting waste, fraud and, and abuse and, 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 you know, that never co covers the bills. How do you pay Pennsylvania's bills if, you know, by, uh, by uh, eliminating the income tax? It's, it's such a large slice of the income pie yes so this is the genius of cutting i know a lot of times republicans say they're going to cut property tax and that has never went anywhere mm -hmm. the the income tax though is a, getting rid of it is brilliant and unfortunately i think a lot of people don't understand how it works in specifically how tennessee did it 
the getting rid of the business and the personal income tax would take 18 billion with a B out of the Pennsylvania budget. But the money doesn't go away. And what Tennessee did is they slowly did it a little bit at a time until they got to zero over five years. And I talked to Governor Lee about this just about three weeks ago. What happens is as you go to, as you just pass the law, Tennessee found new businesses and new workers coming in. And what that meant, Michael, is that all of the other taxes started generating more revenue for more economic activity. So that is one economic dynamic effect that takes place due to 0% income tax. The second is that the money, and this is, I I find, uh, I've I've talked to some of the senators and reps that don't get it. The money doesn't disappear. If, for instance, I'm not charging you, Michael, 3% for income tax for your hard work, and that money, instead of going into the general fund, goes into your pocket, what are you very likely to do with it? Uh, liquor and gambling. That's my answer. Exactly. I don't know you're if that's everybody spend else, it. but that's my answer. You're good. Yeah, but you're going to spend it. And we will tax you instead of at 3%, those same dollars that I didn't tax you for income tax when you spend it, I'm going to be taxing you at 6% under our sales tax. So I'm taxing you at do- that same dollar at double the rate. So between those two dynamic economic effects that, that happen and, and, and they're proven to happen, if you look at Florida, Tennessee, Texas, um, it will pay for itself. And the other reason you do it slowly over time is it gives you time to cut the costs of the government. But that's just a small percentage of uh, how we're going to make up that $18 billion. And finally, um, the it was fascinating at the straw poll this uh this weekend, the Delaware Valley candidates for governor, senator, lieutenant governor all topped the the straw polls, which I thought was interesting, given how uh, the party is you know somewhat weak uh, in in south in the southeastern corner of the state. But there are a lot of raw people, raw numbers that you're going to need. So my question to you is, why would a Republican primary voter in Bucks or Chester County look at an energy lawyer from you know Pittsburgh basically and say he's the person who should be our party's nominee and that that's good for the Delaware Valley? Yeah, the reason why Jason Ritchie is good for the Delaware Valley is number one, I am proposing bold changes to Pennsylvania as a political outsider. It's going to disrupt things. We, there's no one can deny we've been in a 50-year decline. And the Philadelphia area, uh, quite frankly, is uh, keeping uh, Pennsylvania afloat, both in terms of population uh, and, and growth. And we need to get the entire state going. The 0% income tax will positively uh, boom uh, the Philadelphia area and the economy and the Delaware Valley. Uh, in a way that it is never experienced when we get there. Uh, two, we've got to cut the size of government. And once we get the energy going, which my energy plan specifically calls for the liquefaction plants and the uh, export of natural gas to Philadelphia, we will be creating thousands and thousands of jobs in southeastern Pennsylvania. And when we get the whole state going and the economy rocking, once we do that, we will slowly get us off of having the second highest gas tax, some of the highest property taxes in the country, getting rid of the death tax. But the first 
governor has to do, and as the leader of this state, is I've got to get this economy humming, and it will boom in southeastern Pennsylvania if I'm elected. Jason Ritchie, thanks so much for joining us here on the Delaware Valley Journal podcast. We really appreciate your time. Tell Coach Ditka we said hi. Will do. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the Delaware Valley Journal on the air. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends, post it on social media. And if you haven't, sign up for our twice a week newsletter so you don't miss any of the terrific content from DelawareValleyJournal.com. Thanks again. I'm your host, Michael Graham.